We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. Training camp is officially underway, and Sunday was the first off day for the Chicago Bears after a couple days of practice and reporting last week. I'm one of your hosts of the show, Zach Pearson. Usually I'm joined by Aaron Lemming, but tonight I am joined by someone who's been out at Harris Hall with me to watch some practices in Usaid Koshal. And Usaid, first off, thanks for joining me here on Sunday night. And uh, how was your break going today? Yeah, everything is going well. You know, obviously there's a lot going on at um, Hallis Hall, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. It was finally a good chance to get a break today um, after being out there for four or five days in the hot weather and um, the, the sunshine and the Bears actually get back to practice on Monday and then we'll practice for a couple of days straight. They'll have another off day, um, I believe, next week. And then it'll be the pre- first preseason game Um of the year a week from this Saturday as I host uh, Kansas City with Matt Nagy making his return. But we're going to kind of break down everything that's happened so far at training camp, the biggest storylines, and then kind of what to watch for moving forward. And let's kind of get right into it. I mean, you know, obviously the big storyline going into training camp was Justin Fields and the development of the offense. But the other day when Tevin Jenkins was not at practice, um, that became the biggest storyline. The former second-round pick hasn't practiced – um, the past couple of days, I believe his last practice was what Wednesday. He missed three straight days of practice and he was actually there on Thursday, but Matt Nagy did not, or not Matt Nagy, geez, Matt Eberflus did not reveal why he w- was not at the previous three practices, just said that uh, he's dealing with something with the trainers and they're kind of working through it and it's day to day. So yeah, Matt Eberflus not really revealing a lot, but what's kind of your take on this situation is Tevin Jenkins is just hasn't been there and he's missing on valuable reps. Yeah. I mean, it's a completely murky situation, right? So you have Matt Eberflus who basically labeled him day to day when we got an opportunity to hear from Matt Eberflus on Friday. And again, you know, Bears fans have become so accustomed to hearing their head coach speak every day, just before or after practice that 
Matt Eberflus is taking a different approach. He's speaking every other day, so we should hopefully hear from him. I believe it's Monday or Tuesday, but it's a completely murky situation. You have a player who, again, by most draft analysts, was labeled as a top 20 player in the 2021 NFL draft. Everyone for sure thought that he was going to go ahead and be a franchise caliber player for any offense. Ultimately, that hasn't happened because of the back issues. You know, when he slipped last year all the way into the second round, the Bears moved up, I think, 10 or 11 spots from 52 to 39 to even be able to grab Jenkins because they believe that in the potential, but him not playing, you know, last off season, the bears, we can argue completely mishandled the injury because he missed all of camp. And then as a last resort, it was like, all right, time to go get surgery this year though. You know, he did play six games last year, but still missing, you know, practice. You have to wonder, is it the back that's flaring up again? Like what exactly is the issue? And then I think, you know, last Saturday, well, Last night on Saturday, you know, you had ESPN Chicago's David Kaplan just hearing all said that he's heard stuff about Tevin Jenkins and how Jenkins is immature as class with offensive line coach Chris Morgan. And so naturally, you know, it's a completely murky situation. The, the only end in sight seems to be that the Bears and Jenkins need to come to some sort of resolution here. And, you know, if Jenkins doesn't start in 2022, I mean, it's not the end of the world because theoretically he's under contract for two more years after this, which means that there's still plenty of time for him to prove that he could be a starting caliber player in the NFL. Yeah, but here my thing with that is, is he's not Ryan Poles' draft pick, and it sounds kind of crazy to cut a, a two-year player, a second former second-round pick after two years. But if Tevin Jenkins doesn't play this year at all, I don't think the Bears are going to keep him around. I think he'll be gone right away, even though he is on a very good rookie deal and you kind of like those rookie deals. I don't think they'll keep him. I don't think Ryan Poles is the type of guy that's going to say, well, you know, the, the franchise spent a second-round pick on him, and we have to keep him around just kind of do our due diligence. I, don't th- I think it's going to be more cutthroat where – Ryan Poles doesn't like his style, probably wasn't a big fan of him coming out, probably had red flags on him when he was at Kansas City. I'm guessing almost every GM had red flags on, on the back issue and, you know, some of the other stuff like the the, the, the love of the game, the personal stuff, um, the motivation, you know, things that like Mike Gundy was bringing up. And except for Ryan Pace. I mean, uh, Ryan Pace still traded up to take him and it just has not worked out. Now, Bring up a good point. We don't know what's going on. And the Bears aren't doing him any favors at all. And this is the one thing that, you know, we thought new regime, okay, maybe they'll open up things a little more to the media, stuff like that. They're just not talking about any injuries. And and to be clear, they do not have to talk about any injuries in training camp. However, when you have a player like this that is hurt, and he's a key piece of this offensive line. I mean, he was getting first-team reps at right tackle for most of the offseason until the final six practices of OTAs and minicamp, and then training camp is with the second team as well at right tackle. So when Matty Rufus doesn't talk every single day and he talks every other day and then tells the media, well, you know, we'll provide injury updates if, if needed, I think this is a pretty big injury update. And then he goes on ESPN 1000 on Thursday after not talking to the, the local media who's there on the beat and says that he woke up with something. And now that's, you know, not saying he has an injury or not saying anything like that, but at least it's something for them on the radio. To me, it's just kind of like red flag all around. It's a red flag that, you know, Jenkins is probably hurt. I think it's his back. And it's also a red flag that Matt Eberflus, this, nothing's changed. Why can't he tell the media? He's not doing Tevin Jenkins any favors. If he came into the media room for one minute and said, 
same thing. If he even said, oh, he's just going through something, he woke up with something, I think a lot more people would understand that, but he didn't. And now there's so many questions around Tevin Jenkins. And now you have David Kaplan's report who, you know, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if that's true, all true. Um, it could be part of it, certainly. Um, you, you know, Kaplan does seem to have sources and is pretty plugged in. It could be a mixture of things. He could be dealing with a back injury, and the, the the coaching staff could be frustrated with him. He could be frustrated with the coaching staff. But the Bears are really doing him no favors at all by keeping this hidden. Just come out and say it. It's uh, the competitive advantage stuff in my eyes. It's just it's crazy. They they're not they haven't won the Super Bowl since 1985 season. They haven't been in the Super Bowl since 2007. Like there's no competitive advantage about this. He's a second team right tackle right now. I don't think we're yeah. going to get much out, out, out of Matt Eberflus when he talks on, on Monday. Yeah, and you know, when we heard Eberflus speak on Friday, just to reference kind of the quote and stuff, Eberflus said this exact same thing when asked about Tevin Jenkins. And what I find to be interesting is Tevin, I'm sorry, Matt Eberflus started off by talking about the Lucas Patrick injury, which is a completely separate thing. At least with the Lucas Patrick injury, there was some sort of clarity about how, you know, it is a thumb injury, it's a right hand injury, and he's going to be out for, you know, an extended period of time, not to put any sort of numerical time frame on when Lucas Patrick's come back. But if you look at the Tevin Jenkins stuff, Matt basically said, again, he falls into that category where he's working through something with the trainers and it's a day-to-day thing with those guys. When he's able to return, he will return. So I think what's going on here is this, what we're seeing is that Matt Eberflus is at a point where it's like, he's basically like, look, don't ask me any sort of injury-related questions because you're just not going to get an answer out of me but then again you know you look at last year and it's kind of like a reduce reuse recycle mantra that i like to think of you know last year when matt Nagy was at training camp and speaking every day before practice it was kind of oh yeah you know tevin's day to day and then finally at the end you know i want to say like end of august it was almost like yeah well tevin needs back surgery you know and this was kind of a last resort thing and kind of when Nagy revealed that Tevin needed the back surgery that's when everyone was like you know it's a sigh of relief so we actually know what the hell is going on now compared to just beating around the bush so this is a situation right where I think let's look at the calendar right so Jenkins was there on Wednesday in practice Thursday Friday Saturday didn't practice so if he misses tomorrow again august 1st he's gonna have missed four straight practices and i just think that you know by the time the bears first preseason game rolls around on saturday august 13th if tevin's not there and isn't practicing or isn't practicing by the week of the eighth then you know something's seriously wrong and the bears are going to be the bears and just keep their mouth shut about everything until some way somehow someone in the national media is going to get wind of what's going on We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash wire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, that's the problem. And with all due respect to the national media, this is a story that the local media should have. It's a story that the local media should break. We should have some sort of update on it. And I agree. The Bears are going to drag this out. It's going to be day-to-day, every single day, until they have to release their first injury report week one of the regular season in September. And we're not going to know what the hell's going on. I mean, we're going to have a, a clue of what's going on. And I think I know. I think it's the back. I literally – I think it's the back injury flaring up again, and there's something wrong there. Because day-to-day is such a broad term that Matt Aberflus could use that and – you know, he could practice on August 18th or August 19th and say, oh, yeah, he was day-to-day, just wasn't feeling good the past, you know, 17, 18 days. So I don't know. And, and usually a sign of a player, you know, someone on the pup list that's at practice. Now, Jenkins is not on the pup list, but someone, you know, these guys that are on the pup list are at practice. They're on the bike. They're doing stuff. We didn't see Jenkins do a lot of that last year when he was doing his back stuff as well, and he's not out there doing it right now either. So yeah, it's just giving me vibes of the Matt Nagy era once again, where it's, you know, we're not going to comment on this. We're not going to comment on that. And then eventually, oh, yeah, he has to have surgery. He's going to be out for a long term. And boom, there you go. There's your training camp storyline. So it's frustrating. But, you know, sticking with this offense, um, in, in terms of where they're at right now, I, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, I know myself, I think there's been some good days of practice for, for some players. I also think there's been kind of a eh day on, on Saturday. I didn't think the offense was that good. I think the reports coming out that everyone saw on Twitter, um, Bayless Jones did have a catch in, in, I believe it was 11 on 11, but most of the damage everyone was talking about was one-on-ones quarterback throwing to wide receivers going up against defensive backs. And yeah, I mean, you could take a little stock in that, but you know, the wide receivers usually should win those matchups. And um, we saw Bayless burn. I forgot who it was. Burn a DB in that. And, and Velas had a good day on, on Saturday. I'm not taking anything away from him on that. But then you look at the seven-on-seven seven stuff the past couple of days, the offense has the advantage. They have the advantage. There's no pass rush in seven-on-seven. Seven. Like, you should be dominating. For me right now, I have to see how the pads are when they, when they put them out on Tuesday. But for me, this offense is still kind of just in the install, and it's kind of just still progressing. But it's nowhere near where I think it should be at. And I think there's a good chance this offense could struggle. And Luke Getze talked about it. He said, you know, he was pissed off about the false starts they had on Thursday. And he was pissed off about the mistakes they were making on on Thursday in in practice. And we saw a couple more of those again on Saturday. And it just, for me, it doesn't feel like the offense is fully clicking just yet. Yeah, I have a tweet regarding the offense on, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, that just absolutely blew up, right? And one of the things I said was, hey, let's, you know, the offense is slowly, slowly, slowly putting it all together. There's been certain flashes, and, you know, that's was just referring to actually being at Hallis Hall and seeing what's going on. You know, you see the connection between... Justin Fields, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, you know, Valus Jones Jr. even. So the offense is certainly, you know, they're putting it together. Now, I think what sticks out to me is this, right, is that Justin's kind of the one that's taking the step forward, but the offense fully itself hasn't taken the step forward. Usually when offenses take a step forward, it's because the quarterback's taking a step forward and the quarterback's consistently developing, especially when you have that quarterback on a rookie deal. But in the Bears' case, what makes it so tough to really justify loving where they 
the offense is at right now is the simple fact that there's so much turnover, right? You have new wide receivers outside of Darnell Mooney. And then on top of that, you've also got this makeshift offensive line that I think at one point on Friday when I was at Hallis Hall featured like two or three rookies and then Sam Mustafer as well because you still have Riley Reef and Mike Schofield on those pitch counts. So ultimately, you know, you look at this offense. Do I like the direction it's heading in yet? Can you be supportive of kind of what Luke Getze said in the one media presser he's at throughout training camp? 110% you can. But it's also hard to acknowledge that the offense is so far off from what it really needs to be for the Bears to kind of be relevant in this day and age in the NFL. And again, some of that's just going to come with time. The other parts of it, though, are just going to be that the Bears simply don't necessarily have enough really good playmakers in certain positions to kind of justify having that top-tier offense. Not to take away from some of these guys like a Valus Jones or a Darnell Mooney, for example. But you know what? I think what troubles me most about the Bears is that they don't necessarily have that third really good wide receiver. Like, yeah, you bet on Equinemia St. Brown and Byron Pringle, but there's no surefire ascending option there as wide receiver three that you look at and you say, yes, this is going to be the one that's going to help put this offense over the top or just round out a solid trio of wide receivers. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. And I, and I think the you know, there's time for it to, to happen. I mean, when there's pads and they're going full 11 on 11, seven on seven, we'll see a little more. Um, right now, though, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're doing is, is situational stuff. So, it is, you know, they're in situational red zone stuff. They're in, um, you know, situational backed up to the to the 15-yard line type stuff. And um, it, it's not the full field 11 on 11, let's put up our offense um, against our defense and, and see what happens. We're not there yet. And, and we probably won't be there until they put the pads on this week. So I do think, you know, Justin Fields has shown that his deep accuracy is, 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 is still there. He's really good with that. Um, the footwork is different. The mechanics are a little different. I'm encouraged by that. My worry is this offensive line has too many injuries and too many question marks right now. Um, like you said, the, the wide receiver position is another thing that no one's really stood out at all um, outside of Darnell Mooney. I mean, Valus Jones has had a couple of good days. That's fine. He's still a rookie, though, and we kind of have to tamper the expectations a little bit. I think he's going to be good. I think it's going to be better than what people said he's going to be coming out in the draft. Um, and I didn't really think there was that criticism was warranted. But, you know, there's – He's a rookie. There's going to be a rookie learning curve. It'd be, I'd be shocked if he came out and just tore it up the first couple of games. Now, that's not to say he can't be a good player in this league. It's just going to take some time. And, and you know, back to that wide receiver three, yeah, I mean, Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry, EQ St. Brown, someone's got to step up and be that target. Because right now, I mean, it's it's Mooney, Komet, and Valus Jones. That's pretty much the passing offense for the Bears. And they're going to have to rely on that run game. And with the state of the offensive line, you know, it, it's going to be tough to do that and find success because your offensive line, that's the core right there. If you can't protect Justin Fields, I don't care how good he is. He can't be running for his life all, all game. And if you can't run block, you're, you're going to have some problems. Before we move on, though, um, you say we have to talk to our listeners about Odds Trader. Sports betting is taking over the sports world right now. Um, it feels like everyone's doing it. There's so many big events going on. I mean, the summer's a little bit quiet right now. But getting into football season, there will be a ton of sports betting content out there and games to bet on. And that's when our friends at Odds Trader come into play. 
It is the best place to compare all odds from all major sports books around the web. You have it in one place. You don't have to keep going to different sites. Odds Trader does it for you. And as a bonus, they even compare the different sign-up codes and promotions so that you get the best deal. When you're trying to find the best book, you want to have the best promo code and, and promotions. I know when I'm signing up for a sports book, the promo code and promotions really, the sign-up codes and promotions, I'm sorry, really get me to sign up because you get those boosts, you, you, you get the extra money, the deposit money, all that type of stuff. Um, and the app is fantastic for odds trader. Not only does it have that, but it also provides player statistics, injury reports, game day weather, key game stats. It keeps its betters the most informed um, as possible. And that's just, that's, that's key for everyone. Also get the bet tracker so you can keep track of what's going on. And, and that's great to have. I know when I'm betting, I love to keep track of all my bets because sometimes I'll have 10, 12 at a time on a college football Saturday. It's hard to keep track. So we want you guys to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire and check out our friends out at odds tracker. They're the number one site for all your game day bets. Once again, that is oddstrader.com slash blue wire for your number one site and all your game day bets. All right. You say, um, Let's go to the defensive side of the football because the offensive line we know is a mess right now. We know what the offense is kind of going through, still installing Luke Getze's offense. The defense, I mean, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon have been fantastic this off this training camp. I've been very impressed with them. Both of them have multiple takeaways. Um, both of them got Justin Fields in one practice the other day. And I think this secondary is going to be so much better than people think. You know, I agree with you on that statement. I mean, the Bears basically rebuilt the secondary within an offseason, which is just so encouraging considering it is a pass-happy league. And I think what the Bears are doing is building this defense from back to front in terms of secondary than pass rush, right? Not to diminish the importance of the pass rush. But if I were to look at defense right now and say which is the stronger kind of unit or the stronger part of the defense, I would definitely say the secondary is much better than anything that the front seven has to offer. Partly because the front seven, there's just so much turnover this offseason. Now, Gordon and Brisker are doing great. You know, when we heard Jaquan Brisker on Friday, I think it was very clear that as calm and composed as he is, he's also incredibly dedicated and also motivated to kind of be the best player that he is. I think Kyler Gordon is way ahead of where the Bears thought he was going to be in the sense that Matt Eberflus talked about how they wanted to kind of play him both inside and in the slot. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kyler's excelled at that. And so now, you know, it does bring about a legitimate question. And this is something I think is worth watching for is the Bears enter week too is that do the bears continue to flex Gordon between boundary and slot or do they kind of say hey you know what let's let him get a practice or two let's let him just get some extended reps outside on the boundary and see how he goes about handling it I think that's certainly an incredibly fair question to ask but you know when you kind of look at the defense right obviously the big story there is no Roquan Smith Travis Gibson is you know, come off as an incredibly confident player who's entered his third season with kind of just a chip on his shoulder. Rob Quinn's back, and Alan Williams actually loves Rob Quinn, praised him in the uh, pressers on Saturday. So the point I think is this, is that this defense just overall is playing with a new mindset. There's a renewed sense of kind of urgency in the air. I think that this is the unit that has the potential to be better than a lot of people expected. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I think the secondary is going to be really good. Uh, I think it's going to be a strong secondary. I think their pass rush is going to be really good as well. Um, you know, I do think Robert Quinn, we have to monitor that situation a little bit, but he, he should probably won't break the single season sack record for the franchise again. But he should have a strong year. And in terms of Gibson, I mean, he's coming in more confident. And, you know, if he can take that next step, they got something there with the pass rush. Back to Gordon. You know, him playing on the inside for me, I think he could be really, really good on that. And I think, you know, we kind of should have seen this coming. He did play this at Washington. I think when people look at, okay, you're drafted a, you know, defensive back in the second round, it's automatically he's going to be your boundary corner opposite Jalen Johnson. He did a lot of the slot work at Washington too. And someone that I talked to at Washington when he was drafted said he is really good in the slot and he can cover those slot receivers. He can, he can cover tight ends and cover wide receivers, cover the slot. He can cover running backs. He's that good. So I think we have to keep an eye on that because I I think ideally the bears want Tavon young or Thomas Graham and to win that slot nickel job there. Um, Graham hasn't practiced in a few days as well. So we have to kind of keep an eye on that, but um, ideally you want Devon Young to win that job or Thomas Graham, and then you could keep Gordon on the boundary. The other way to look at it is, will someone like Kendall Vilder or Lamar Jackson win the outside job? Are they good enough to play opposite of Jalen Johnson so that you couldn't move Kyler Gordon there? I don't think that's the case right now. I don't think there's any defensive back I feel comfortable with opposite of Jalen Johnson besides Kyler Gordon. If it was up to me, I'd probably put Gordon on the outside. But the thing we have to note is, this defense is going to look a lot different. With the 4-3, I think they're going to do some kind of you know different packages. I think we're going to see a lot of that nickel, a lot more with the with the two linebackers and the, and the nickel look. Um, we're probably going to see a lot more dime than we're used to. So we could see on one play Gordon line up in a slot. We could see him on the next play line up on the boundary. I think they're going to kind of mix it in. And we also have to you know, kind of note Jaquan Brisker will play a big role in that as well because we've seen him lined up on, on the boundary as well. And – um, also in the box too. So yeah, he's another guy I've been impressed with and I'm, I'm excited about the secondary. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely excited about the state of the secondary too, right? And again, this is one of the questions I have is that ultimately, you know, what exactly is up here with this depth at cornerback, okay? Because the depth at cornerback is so puzzling to me, right? You know, Duke Shelley, I don't think is going to be on this roster in a couple of weeks. Lamar Jackson, you know, considering some of the traits that he brings, like 
arm length and just being a taller player in general, he's like six one six two. I could definitely see an argument for him to go ahead and to um make this roster kind of be a depth player. But ultimately, you know, I think the starters in the secondary outside of kind of that cornerback two position are really set. It's just a matter of, or I should say really cornerback three, because they are searching for starters outside of Jalen Johnson, as well as Kyler Gordon, you know, really the bears kind of have to get depth figured out. And I just think the overall arching theme when it comes to depth on this defensive side of the ball is that, you know, the depth compared to years past certainly isn't there. But then also the big thing to understand is that there is kind of that question mark of depth that positions like linebacker, like cornerback, you know, you could even argue this. I mean, defensive line has some questions about depth, considering some of these guys were signed to play in a 3-4, but the Bears are switching over to a 4-3, right? I think the only position on defense where I'm content with what the Bears have in terms of depth would be safety. And that's because outside of Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, you know, you have DeAndre Houston Carson, a veteran, and then you've got Dane Crookshank too, who I think can be a solid player on special teams. Yeah, we'll have to see kind of how it plays out, especially with that secondary. But before we kind of wrap things up, you say, I just want to get your thoughts. What was your biggest takeaway from the first week here of practice? You know, I think my biggest takeaway when it comes to kind of this first week of practice, right, is that for Matt Eberflus, this is bigger than the X's and O's, right? There's a culture that's being built there that is just not necessarily always going to be about football. It's more about, you know, there's certain values that have stuck out regarding this team. You know, you're talking accountability, communication. You're talking about how to respond to adversity, responding to success as well in the process, right? So I think what the Bears are doing here is this, is that they're trying to rebuild a program and a team that's just been broken in so many different ways. And they're doing that by getting back to the basics and the fundamentals, like coaching up and playing good discipline football, you know, spending an extended period of time in training camp, not necessarily running plays, but running and simulating these various situations that, you know, are going to make or break this team in 2022 in terms of being able to go ahead and, you know, win a game or lose a game. The difference between winning a game and losing a game, I think, is a lot of the situations the Bears have practiced so far. Yeah, and I like the tempo and the style of practice that Matt Eberflus and his staff have, have put together so far. Uh, I think that's going to pick up a little more here as the pads go on, but they've kind of gone with the 80-minute practices, kind of working on situational stuff. Not too much, you know, Right now, but it's going to pick up, and and I like it. I think the intensity is there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, with them swarming to the ball, picking it up after every incompletion, things like that. And, and I'm kind of curious to see how this picks up here in the in, in the next couple of days. It'll be something that I'm definitely watching as well. Uh, you say where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. Check out my work on the Bear Report. I am dropping daily stories following um practices just about anything related to the bears. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Follow the bear report on Twitter, just bear report. Make sure to check out the website for all the new content updated daily, including notebooks, stories, all that good stuff. As always, please rate review and subscribe to this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. It helps out this podcast as well as picks for polls. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.